welcome to the Prod Pod, a podcast from Dental Products Report. I'm Kristen Holman, Associate Editor of DPR and host of the Prod Pod. Each episode, we feature leading voices in the dental industry and highlight topics of interest to dental professionals, including new products, clinical techniques, industry news and trends, as well as tips and tricks for procedures and practice management. On today's episode, I speak to Gabe Rivera, a product manager with Cave Occur. Gabe and I discuss the risks of cutting costs in the practice and common equipment repair mistakes that dentists make. So I'm the product manager for Cave Instruments, handpieces and small equipment. So our instruments are produced and based out of Biberach, Germany. And then, you know, obviously I, I am head of the North American market, basically. So from your perspective, what kind of common mistakes do you see dentists make when trying to save a few dollars? Well, I think uh, the question about cost savings and, and, uh, and kind of finances in general at the dental office is, is one that's very sensitive, right? So if you start at the context of, of, of the office, right? If you start at the context of where a dentist is coming from, they, they don't necessarily have business backgrounds, right? They have clinical backgrounds and uh, they're very uh, good at what they do in terms of treatment and, and clinical outcomes. But when it comes to running and managing the, the practice and, and finances and expenses, you know, unless you've been really intentional about studying up on these things and preparing yourself for practice ownership, uh, a lot of times business decisions uh, are made kind of in the spur of the moment as things come up and they're not necessarily completely informed uh, or, or well-based. And, and I think that's a, that, that is a position that many dentists find themselves in, right? Many offices find themselves in is, you know, they, they have this opportunity to look at how they're going to set up their practice. And, and of course, in, in today's day and age, we have this whole COVID pandemic going on, right? So there's a little bit more emphasis on PPE and, and what you're doing to keep patients and staff safe uh, when they're coming in for treatment. But at the same time, you, know, you also have these additional expenses of maintaining the office. You have your staff, your front, front office, back office, you have all of your uh, disinfecting, sterilization supplies. You know, you have your marketing materials, your website that you're maintaining and updating. And, and then you also have the space that you're working in, right? The office, the, the, whether you've purchased that space or you're, you're renting, um, you know, leased out space. All of these things are, are, are part of the business side of your practice, which may or may not come intuitively, right? On the handpiece side, you know, what, what we see is these are your tools, right? These are, these are the surgeon's tools, so to speak, right? And for many doctors that are, that are coming, into the, coming into their practice and, and starting out, uh, they're coming off of backgrounds of very high student debt and student loans, and, and they're trying to minimize as much expense as possible. And what they're doing is they're looking at just a surface level number, right? At the bottom of the page that says, this is how much I'm paying right now, right? This very instance. 
And, you know, I think at, at, a, at a high level, what we're really talking about when we're having this conversation of cutting corners and, and expense is really like a short-term, long-term decision, right? Short-term, long-term gain, value, and return on investment. And I think that's true across everything in the office, but particularly when you're talking about your hand pieces, your instruments that you're working with on an everyday basis, right? You're, these are tools that, that are used in, in almost every treatment. Your high-speed hand pieces is going to be, are going to be used for drill and fill. You know, your low speeds are, are for more precise uh, treatments where you, where you need to go slower and, and take some more time. Uh, and then you have specialty equipment, surgical, et cetera. But as you're thinking about the tools that you're using, when, when you see the expense of, of what you're purchasing on a front page, you take that and, and, and it's somewhat shocking, right? You say, oh, well, you know, I can pay this right now, but but why am I going to do that? I just need something that works for the time being. And that's, that's a, a strategy that many dentists employ. But what that ends up happening is that as you go through and as, uh, as you're working with these tools on a daily basis, you're putting a lot of wear and tear on them. You know, it's, it's grinding use. You know, it takes a toll very quickly. And if you're using instruments, uh, you know, specifically talking about hand pieces right now, if you're using hand pieces that weren't built as robustly as they could be from the outset, you know, with the highest quality and durability in mind, what you're going to find is that you're going through hand pieces more regularly, right? Because they're breaking down more often uh, or they're not performing and cutting as well. And so now not only is your, is your hand piece kind of wearing down, but now you're putting patient outcomes at risk. And so, you know, what we find is that if you take the short-term look, okay, yeah, you can buy a less expensive handpiece, you can buy less expensive equipment, but you, you get what you pay for. And so thinking about it in the short term, this may save you a few dollars now, but when you look at the lifetime costs of maintaining, servicing, updating, and replacing those handpieces and, and, and that equipment, now, over the lifetime uh, of your ownership, you're paying much more than if you invest in higher quality, more durable instruments and equipment up front. And so I think that this is what gets a lot of people at, at the outset where they're saying, oh, this is, this is way out of my price. You know, I have hundreds of thousands of, of dollars of student debt uh, or debt that I'm paying down, and, and I'm already spending a lot in, in setting up my practice, my ideal practice. Why would I spend the most on uh, on for the Mercedes of hand pieces when I can get this for for much less, right? But at that moment in time, they're not feeling the burden of service and maintenance. They're not feeling the burden of hand pieces wearing down more quickly than they expect. They're not feeling the burden of of them not functioning and performing the way that they should. And then on top of that, you know, it may be the point in time which a burr suddenly flies out from, from the chuck and gets stuck in a patient's throat that suddenly they're like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is really bad. But at that point, you know, it's too late for them to go back and, and think, Oh, I should have invested in, in a more quality handpiece and instrument at the, at the forefront. And so, you know, the, the those costs build up and, and those, those experiences of uh, failed handpieces and, and, or, uh, underperforming equipment continue to stockpile. And, and we often see people that, that are fed up with it, that, 
that finally make the investment and then, you know, they're much happier moving forward. You touched on this a little bit in regards to hand pieces, but what are others, what are some other long-term consequences of making those, those like the cheaper decision right away? You know, I mentioned it's not just the lifetime cost of ownership, servicing and maintenance, right? It's, it's also the, the clinical outcomes, it, the the best hand pieces are going to cut the best. They're going to provide the most precision in terms of how how you're utilizing them, and and uh, and that's going to lead to better clinical out- outcomes. The better tools you use, the better outcomes you're going to have. But you know the other aspect that people often forget is that if you're planning uh, to to practice your your dentistry for a very long time, there are things there are certain things that start to wear over time. One of those in particular is, is your hearing. And I think, you know, this is just one example, but, you know, we have doctors come in all the time that look at our hand pieces and, and they just turn it on and say, wow, it's so quiet. And they love that. And they want, and they want it immediately. Of course, of course you do, because you think about what you're doing every day, you know, 24 seven, you're cutting and you're listening to the, the whining of this hand, hand piece that wears not only on your patient, it wears on your own hearing. Right. And so later on down the line, if you are using these, these lower quality hand pieces that are higher frequency and, and much more annoying sounds, so to speak, you know, later on in your career, you're going to have to account for that. You're going to have to invest money in just your, your own personal health and well-being. Right. So that's, that, that's something that you, you don't account for on the front end. Another aspect that, that people don't often consider is go, goes back to the maintenance and, and repair. So uh, on the maintenance and repair side, there are very often moments where people have high quality hand pieces, such as cable hand pieces, and, and they choose to go through third-party repair outlets that are replacing turbines and, and internal components with counterfeit parts, right? Non-genuine, non-OEM parts. And what, what they find is that they have this, this awesome handpiece, this awesome instrument that performs really well. And then, you know, suddenly it needs to be sent in for service or, or maintenance so that you can continue to use it down the line. But now the internal components are all out of whack. And now suddenly it's no longer cutting the way it used to. Now suddenly it's no longer providing that low level of noise like it used to. And now uh, the, the burr is wobbly. So you're not getting the same clinical outcomes and, and then you come to find out, you, you look at it and you say, oh, this is like this hand piece is bust, right? But really what it, what it actually is, if you drill down to the root cause, is that you sent this hand piece to a, a guy in a, a, or a gal in a truck that came around and said, hey, I can, I can repair your hand pieces, fix them up, uh, maintain them, whatever. And what you discover is that you have fake counterfeit parts in there. Now, those fake counterfeit parts, as I mentioned, can lead to these horrible clinical outcomes. But on top of that, you're not having to spend additional money to replace those counterfeit parts to, to get your handpiece back up to its, its heyday of, of cutting and precision. Uh, so now that's an additional expense. And then on top of that, let's say that, that you went through these third-party uh, outlets, you've also uh, just voided your warranty. Some, I mean, so, so there are certain uh, dealers and distributors that, that are certified and authorized for repair. They have access to Cavo genuine parts and genuine parts of hand pieces, but 
but in many cases that's not that's not true right in many cases that's not the case if you go through one of those those authorized dealers they may have uh their own warranty kind of offerings that that tie with in with their repair right but if you don't look at that at the forefront if if you don't uh if you're not careful to see that on the forefront, then you may end up in this position where, all right, you went for this cheap option of repairing a handpiece uh, and now it's costing you more money to get it fixed and replaced and you're willing to invest more money. But overall you could have just invested that on the forefront and it wouldn't be as much, as much of a pain point, right? You're not losing any downtime with a downed handpiece. The production stays the same overall, right? It, it's, it stems to every aspect of the office. Uh, and I'm not sure that the majority of doctors are thinking in that way when they're making an initial purchase of a handpiece or thinking about when they're repairing a handpiece, how they want it to be done. Certainly the, the, the hearing aspect that you brought up is a good point that they're maybe not thinking of their own health when making those decisions. It's interesting. What kind of counterfeit parts or scams should dentists be aware of is it just counterfeit parts for instruments or is there more to it than that? Counterfeit parts, we, we find issues with all the time. We have hand pieces coming into our repair facility all the time that have uh, fake turbines. So you know, our most popular hand pieces are our air-driven you know, master series hand piece. And, and we, have, we have them come into our repair facility and we, we break it open and we check the turbine and and we see things all from all kinds of places, you know, for not not German made, not German engineered, not intended for for not designed or intended for this specific handpiece. Uh, so it's not going to function the same way. That's on the air driven side. For the most part, it's the turbine. But uh, it, for any handpiece, for our electrical handpieces, we have uh, some that have uh, detachable heads. And, you know, I was online two days ago and I see a full website that's, that's selling quote unquote Cavo genuine products, parts, and it's a fake head. It's a non-genuine, it's this false head for one of our Cavo hand pieces. Now, I, I haven't seen that head in use, but I can wager to bet and I'd be confident betting that it's not going to perform up to spec and that your handpiece is going is to run into some problems down the line because the, the precision at which these handpieces are designed is, is incredible, right? And so you have kind of the, these, these knockoff pieces that you plug, that you plug in, and sure, it'll, it'll function for some time, but as soon as, soon as the, the littlest thing malfunctions, now you have a broken handpiece, now you have a voided warranty, now you have a downed handpiece, and the lifetime performance of your handpiece could potentially be, be, be shot. So not only are you taking, not only are you taking a handpiece that had long-term potential and reducing that, you're now actually presenting the possibility and the likelihood of having to purchase a new handpiece because of this counterfeit part that you put in there. And I'd say that the, the biggest risk to that falling for the message from the guy in the van or the gal in the van that says, Hey, like I'll repair your handpiece super cheap right here, right now. Um, and it'll, and it'll work good as new. They'll take your hand pieces. They'll take it out. They'll take it out to the parking lot. They'll do it. And then they'll give it back to you. And great. You don't have to send in your handpiece. So, you know, you don't have to deal with the, with the time, the time frame of being down a handpiece for you know a few days or, or, 
or a couple weeks. But when that handpiece a month, a month later, a few months later breaks down, now you're saying, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck happened? And when you do greater research and now you want to go to a certified dealer, when you want to go to a certified uh, repair center, you're paying additional money to replace something because it was counterfeit, right? So, because you incurred greater damage to the handpiece outside of, of traditional wear and tear. Kind of off the top of your head, would there ever be an instance or circumstance where a cheaper instrument piece might actually be comparable to an OEM piece? Well, I think, you know, like I said, Kristen, it's difficult to say that. I can only speak from my experience. And I can only speak from from what I've seen. From my experience, you have hand pieces from any manufacturer. I think so, this would be true and, and, and agreed on by any manufacturer out there. You design a hand piece from soup to nuts, from the very basic core elements to the final product with intentionality at every point in the process. That's something that Cavo prides itself in from the German engineering standpoint, the precision quality, the premium value that you're getting. And I think that to say that somebody else that's not intimately familiar with that process or intimately involved in that process to be able to come up with a comparable functioning piece or part of it is asking a lot. It's not to say that a non-genuine part won't function within a handpiece. I'm not saying that it won't function within the handpiece. But that handpiece isn't going to perform the way that you bought it to perform, right? That you paid money for a handpiece to perform the way it, it should. And if you skimp on the money, you get what you paid for. And so I would say, yes, it's, there's potential that there are less expensive parts that can fit and operate and function, but you won't have the same level of functionality performance uh, or optimal performance. And I would strongly wager that you are not going to get the, the maximum lifetime of the handpiece by doing so. When dentists are researching repairs, what should they be cognizant of in choosing where to send any instrument out for repair? The, the only guarantee is to send it to the manufacturer, first and foremost. You send it to Cavo, you're going to get Cavo genuine parts. Your handpiece is going to work like new. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. And, and you're not going to run into issues. If you send your handpiece to the guy in the truck, opposite end of the spectrum, you, you don't know. It's a, you, you don't know what you're going to get. And, and there's a whole spectrum, I'm sure, of, of counterfeit parts and, and how they work or how they're going to work or not, how long it's going to take for them to break down. And then there's, there's the middle option where you can go to your preferred dealer. You know, we have our preferred dealers that are certified to, to repair Cavo handpieces. And those dealers have access to Cavo genuine parts. The one caveat there is that if a doctor doesn't specify that they want genuine OEM parts from the manufacturer, then that dealer distributor repair shop has the ability to put in their own house brand parts into that handpiece. And again, not saying that non-OEM parts won't function within the handpiece, but the manufacturer of that handpiece designed it from head to toe, from top to bottom. And so the house brand parts from, from these dealers are going to be probably less expensive for the most part than, the, than genuine OEM parts. But you're not getting genuine OEM parts that were intentionally designed for, for that handpiece. In Cavo's instance, we have a platform called Cavo Care. 
And Cable Care essentially it guarantees genuine OEM parts. Customers are able to deal directly with Cable. We provide really nice packaging and casing for whenever your handpiece goes down, you can put it in there. You have no fear of it getting beaten up or lost in transit. Either way, to our repair shop or back back to the office, and we see that. We've seen that plenty of times. And it's a much faster turnaround process. If you ask and request genuine OEM parts from a dealer, distributor, certified repair center, they can do that, but it may take more time to do so than if you go through Cavo Care. So one one of the pain points, one of the conveniences actually of the of the guy or gal in the van is that it's same day, right? One, so one of the pain points of repair is that you have to wait. Uh, some time for this, these genuine parts. So I would say, you know, when you're doing your research, look at all potential opportunities to one, get genuine parts, and then two, look at the turnaround time for how long your hand pieces is going to be down. And for us, we always try to point customers towards Cave Care because it's going to be the best option for genuine parts at the lowest cost with the shortest turnaround time. Besides sacrificing a part, is there another workaround to maybe saving some money on repairs? Yeah. So, I mean, you look at, for us, um, another avenue is just making sure that you're maximizing the lifetime of the handpiece. So, and that goes to your reprocessing of, of the handpiece after every patient. Now, after every patient, you're supposed to kind of rinse off the handpiece, give it a shower, not a bath. You're supposed to disinfect it with some some low-level disinfectant, and then you're supposed to lubricate that and then sterilize that. Now, many times you walk into an, an office and you observe this process, and it's not followed to the T. In particular, one of the most important aspects of this process is the lubrication. Now, if you don't properly lubricate a handpiece and you put it into a sterilizer, Sterilizer has high heat and the, the elements of that handpiece you know, expand and contract. When you take it in and out, you allow it to cool. When you're operating with that instrument on a patient, if it's improperly lubricated during that process post-sterilization, what you can have is a high amount of friction within the handpiece. Now, with that high amount of friction, it can obviously lead to some detrimental patient outcomes such as burned lips and noisy burr rotation and just general kind of overheating of the handpiece. And may, the handpiece may not cut as well. Uh, you, may, you may start to notice these things. Not lubricating the handpiece properly, it's much more likely, especially given the number of sterilization cycles that it's going through, that it's going to break down and wear down more quickly. And it's very easy for an office to, to say, well, I'm just going to manually spray this real quick. And, you know, everything... Everything is up to human error. It is, it's up to the human element of this. So, you know, doctors, some, some offices have manual reprocessing and lubrication. Some have the automated. You know, if we're talking about manual, I think this is where a lot of the, the failure comes into play. A pitfall happens is when you're manually lubricating hand pieces, but you're not lubricating them properly or adequately. And so if you're not doing that, if you're not taking care and dedication and you're reprocessing, 
then you're going to find that your hand pieces aren't performing the way they, they should be, that they're breaking down more quickly and potentially even leading to harmful patient outcomes. Like I said, you know, there's heat blistering and things like that that we see. Now, what we recommend to avoid this is, is using those automated systems, right? In our case, we have the Cava Quattro Care, where it's all automated. You plug in your hand pieces and some other instruments can, can be placed in there as well that need to be lubricated, and it, and it automatically goes through the lubrication process. So you put it in there, and that kind of takes care of the lubrication aspect and make sure that your hand pieces are being maintained to, to the highest standard. We believe so much so in these automa- in the automated process that we actually tack on an extra and additional amount of warranty to the handpiece. Overall, I think it's six months. And so by investing in that automated system, you're also giving yourself additional warranty such that if the handpiece breaks down at any point within that time frame, you're giving your- yourself more time to reduce your, your long-term expense of the lifetime of the handpiece. Bigger picture, are there any good references or resources for dentists to cost compare the benefits of certain repairs? You need to talk to your reps. And I know that there's a certain level of comfort with dealing with reps. There are dealer reps and there's manufacturer reps. We have our CAVO reps that go out and then we have our dealer reps that represent us in offices. And I think you just need to have a really candid conversation with your representative that says, you know, my handpiece is going down. I want you to, to walk me through the options for repair. And that's one of the value adds that the, that the sales rep is supposed to provide, right? Is this, is this guidance as to how you best maintain your equipment, how you best maintain the tools that you're using on a regular everyday basis. And so, you know, in addition to looking online, making sure that you're, you're aware of, <laughs> of the non-genuine, non-OEM parts, making sure that you're aware to ask for genuine OEM parts. I think, you know, it's really, it's being very intentional about understanding the process by which your handpiece is is going to be repaired and what they're actually going to put back into that handpiece. Just having that present of mind to have that conversation with your rep, I think we'll we'll avoid a lot of problems in non-genuine OEM parts and, and getting the best deal in terms of saving saving a, a buck or two on, on the repair side. And tying into that a little bit, is there any advice or maybe a word of warning for dentists that you would share or that they maybe should be aware of for going into this process? Well, I mean, I think the more you know, the more power you have. Yeah, so if I, if I had to give that as my tagline, I would. And I would just encourage them to say, to look at the overall lifetime of your practice and think about the clinical outcomes that you want to have. Think about the, the standard by which you want, to, you want to set yourself to and hold yourself accountable to. And think about the longevity of your practice with your instruments just as you do with your body and just as you do with your facility. I, I talk with so many dentists that say, you know, this is my dream practice. This is how I'm going to set it up. This is exactly why I'm going to set it up this way. And they talk about their fitness and, and they say, this is how I'm preparing my body to practice for 60 years. And they're investing in those things now for the payoff later. And I think that idea, that same 
presence uh, of that idea needs to be in mind at every level, including the instrumentation and saying, okay, I'm investing in the, in these things. I'm investing in these hand pieces. I'm investing in this equipment now so that 30 years from now I can look back and not only have been practicing with the best tools, but I've also been financially responsible and not gone through these hardships of, of lack of quality, breaking things, breaking down unexpected expenses that, that come up because of those failures. And you look back and you, you have, I, I would say from the conversations that I've had that you have a more satisfied view looking back on, on your practice. Our lifetime customers swear by, by our products. You ask a Kava user what their perspective is on it and they'll tell you, yeah, it's the lifetime value of the handpiece. It's the lifetime quality of it. And I think that that standard should be held across the board from the, the facility, from the practice, from the, the health of, of the doctor and staff to the equipment and the tools that they use. Better tools, better outcomes. Thanks to Gabe Rivera, and thank you for listening to the Prod Pod, brought to you by Dental Products Report. We hope you'll rate and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please leave us some feedback and let us know what topics you'd like to hear more about. This podcast is produced by the team at MJH Life Sciences, and our theme music is by Hook Sounds Music. Stay connected with Dental Products Report at dentalproductsreport.com. Subscribe to our e-newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.